<laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So thank you in advance again for your giving. Thank you for your, your well wishes. We appreciate uh, your blessings and your love. We, we thank you for it. We started last week the Do It Again uh, sermon series. Do it again. Uh, the, the correct word would be testimony. So the word testimony means do it again. So wherever there's a testimony in Scripture, we can ask the Lord to do it again. What he did for one, he will do for another, okay? And so he's no respecter of persons. So if God did something for Abraham or Isaac or Jacob, he'll do it for you. And, and you can count on that because that's the way God operates. God operates in a different economy. He operates in a different level. He doesn't look at what someone can do for them. He looks at what he wants to do for people, and then he just appreciates appreciation back. He, he, he loves a thankful spirit, a spirit of gratitude, a heart that is bent towards him. So I would say this, if you're looking at growing in Christ, the way to grow is just start to be thankful. Thankful for, like Landon said, the, the fall of the year. Thankful for a cool morning. Thankful for a starry night. Thankful for your spouse or uh, someone in relationship. Thank you for your kids. Be thankful for things that God is doing in your life. Even if you don't see the answer, say, God, thank you for walking me through this. Thank you for uh, uh, enlightening me to uh, a church. Uh, hopefully it's Grace Church, but if it's another church home, if you're watching online, thank you for this podcast, or thank you for being able to watch not uh, a service, but uh, people that are in a relationship with God together and then in community, because this is what God does. This creates and forms testimonies in our life where we can say, God, do it again. Do do it again. We've had people in this service that were coming in in wheelchairs and they're walking out now in, in high heels. So that's, that's, a, that's a win for the kingdom, right? That's what God will do. And so listen, it's not uh, uh, people that we glorify. We glorify God. Jesus showed us this pattern that if we preface everything that we do prayer-wise first by saying, thank you, Father, honoring the Father and letting his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and we walk through obedience, miracles will take place. Listen, the Bible shares with us that signs and wonders will follow those that believe, all right? We don't have to chase after them. They'll chase after you as we get a grateful, thankful spirit for the Lord. Can we give the Lord just one more shout of praise? Because he is so worthy today to be praised. Amen. So today is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah means the Lord is. Nisi means victory or banner of victory or banner of love. That victory, true victory is born out of love. And we'll talk about that today. So if you were in the first service, we'll mix it up a little bit. I do this periodically. We're going to go to right to Exodus 17. We're going to read 8 through 15 as our core text. Then Amalek came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. Much like Israel, and thanks to Amanda and Nana for holding the prayer meeting tomorrow for Israel, just to hold up the peace of Jerusalem. So if you're able to come out at five, will that be downstairs in the lower level or in the auditorium? Right here in the auditorium. Come to the auditorium. The doors will be open from five until 545, and we'll pray, be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. This has always happened. This is, listen, the enemy doesn't like Israel. Israel is enemy doesn't like the promise. Israel enemy doesn't like Jerusalem. The enemy doesn't like you if you're a Christ follower. 
He's going to plant seeds of doubt in you. He's going to plant seeds of discord in your home. Or he's going to try anyway. So this is Moses. They're in the desert. And they have different tribes and different nations that they come up against. And one of them is Amalek. If some historians actually believe this is modern-day Palestine, which, again, is why we see uh, the Palestine, Palestinian conflict uh, today with Israel. There's a war going on, but there's a bigger war that goes on in the spiritual realm, okay? And so they're fighting at Rephidim, verse number 9. And so Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And so remember, these guys are in a desert place. They're, they're, in, a, um, uh, they're in the wilderness They've been in bondage for 400 years. They're learning how to uh, do things for themselves. Uh, they're living on water. They're living on manna and quail. This is all they have. And there's a bunch of complainers in the group. And Moses is having a hard time with, with his leadership team, okay? It's like, I got I to gotta beat these guys down, but I got to convince these guys. And so Moses is, just, is, is battling, but he talks to, to Joshua. He give me some guys. We're going to go fight. Amalek, by the way, has a history or a lineage of giants in their family. And so not only are they just a fortified city and a fortified team, they've been around for a while, and they're big, and they're bad, and they're ugly. And so he's got to fight these guys with people who are living in tents, drinking water and eating manna and living in a desert field. How's that going to happen? So he says, give me some people. We're going to go ahead and I'll stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. By the way, a staff today would be maybe your word of God. Maybe a God uh, word that God has given you. Maybe a promise from God. I'm going to stand with God by my side in the things that he's going to walk me through or take me through. Because his banner over me is not only love, but it's victory. It's joy and it's peace. And let's go to verse 10. So Joshua did as Moses told him to do. And this is important too. Obedience in our life is critical to God's blessings in our life. Wherever we obey God, he comes through with the victory or he comes through with the blessing or he comes through with the hope, with the peace, with the promotion. And he fought Amalek and with, while Moses and Aaron and Hur went up, to the, went up to the top of the hill. Now, I don't think he's in here right now, but I was going to use Marcus for a second. Dave, can you come? Where's Dave? Dave was right back there. Not the other Dave, younger Dave. Not that you're old. Younger Dave. Come here for a second. Yeah. Dave's, Dave's going to be my prop for a moment. Can you come up here, Dave, and just stand right behind me? You're not ready for this, but you are ready. You could just raise your hands up and don't lower them at all, okay? If you see Dave lower his hands or get tired, just raise, call him out, will you? Please. Say, hey, Dave's got his hands down. So Dave's going to, Dave's Moses. Say, hi, Moses. It looks like Moses, young Moses. Whenever Mo Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hands, Amalek prevailed. You know the story, but you want to know the history of it. Moses said, listen, whenever I worship God, you're going to win. 
Whenever I decide not to worship or I fall into mortality, I fall into uh, personal pity or sorrow, then all of a sudden that takes over. But when I decide that I'm going to worship God no matter what the doctor says, no matter what the banker says, no matter what the attorney says, no matter what the boss says, when I worship God, then all heaven stands at attention and all hell takes notice. See, you, when you worship God, it's not only heaven that takes attention. Sometimes hell says, wait a second, why is this guy worshiping when he should be uh, crying, when he should be having sorrow, when he should be acting like he's defeated? Doesn't he know we have the best of him? No, don't they know that when he worships God, God sends angels on your behalf? That's Jehovah Nisi. That's the banner of victory. That all, all of a sudden I'm just looking. So what happens is now I'm Joshua. And man, I feel like I got the world by the tail because I can go out and fight the battle. Because why? God's looking over me. Because now it's not Moses. It's God that watches over you. God's looking down on you today from his throne room in heaven, and he's saying, that's my church. That's my body. Those are my people. If they're hurting, I'm hurting. I'm going to dispatch angels. Why? Because they still choose to worship me. They choose to glorify me on a Sunday morning, on a Monday afternoon, on Tuesday when things aren't going so well. I'm going to worship my Lord and my Savior, and God takes notice. So Amalek would prevail, verse 12. Keep your hands up. You all right? Can you go a little higher? All right, go higher. But Moses' hands grew weary. Are yours weary yet? This is about four hours in, so we got all afternoon. Okay. <laughs> so Moses' hands grew weary. So they took a stone and they put it under him and sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. We're talking early in the morning, now till late at night. Some of you, like Janie said, you've been through some things. Like you're, you're lucky to even be here today. And someone would say, why are they such in a bad mood? You don't know what they've been through. Just to get up in the morning was a victory. Just to get dressed and make it to church was a victory. Just to go home today and see that empty bedroom or to see that empty house or, or have the pain of life or see that empty past is victory. And when they walk through those things, so it seems like it's all day long and Dave's going to hold his hands up for another 10 or 15 or 20 minutes and maybe some of you will have to help him. But Moses was doing it all day. God does it every day on your behalf. See, there's a victory there. Jesus sits on the right hand of God making intercession for us. So he's doing it too. So they held up the hand. So this is till they were going down the sun. Verse 13. And Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Let's go to verse 14. And then the Lord said to Moses, write this as a memorial in the book. Let me tell you my take on this. When Joshua was in the field fighting, all right, every now and then, you, you know, some of you guys like to peek. Have you ever noticed that? Like when, uh, hey, we're going to give an altar call. How many people here this morning would like to get saved? I ask people close their close their eyes. You see a few people do this. Seeing if your neighbor raises their hand or not. Like, man, I wish he'd raise her hand. She really needs Jesus in the worst way. <laughs> I know he had a bad week. Why in the world isn't he raising his hand right now? 
Come on, Lord, convict them. Peekers. I think Joshua was a peeker. I think Joshua every now and then looked back to see if, oh, they're lower. They're a little lower. You're getting tired. <laughs> I think every now and then Joshua would look back and see if Moses had his hands raised. And every time he had his hands raised, he'd go full bore. But every now and then he'd look back and those hands would be a little bit <laughs> a little. Those hands would be a little bit lower. You're going to be tired this afternoon. Those hands would be a little bit lower. And Joshua would kind of let down. Let me tell you this. When God says he would never leave you nor forsake you, that means he will never leave you nor forsake you. But when he now, now when Joshua would look back, he would see Aaron and her on one side. And he would see those hands raised just like they are. And Joshua would have this ump of energy. Let me tell you, when you look up, you're not seeing Dave. You're not seeing Moses. You're seeing God Almighty, the Father, on one, uh, Father in the middle, Jesus on one side, and the Holy Spirit on the other side. So that when you say, I don't know if I can make this through, you see the trinity of the Godhead looking up in the heavenlies. They're smiling down on you in that banister of heaven. They're saying, you can do it, son and daughter. It's, you can do it. Victory is yours. And it says, write this as a testimony or a memorial. Write this as a do it again. Memorial and testimony mean the same thing. Write this as a do it again and recite it in the ears of Joshua. In other words, hey, Joshua, it's going to be all right. You getting tired yet? Look like you kind of, that's what you Hang in there. 12 more minutes. <laughs> Hang in there. So write it as a testimony. Why? That I will blot out the memory of who Amalek is. God does this to each and every one of us. Those of you who keep hanging on to, I don't think I'm worthy to be here today. I don't know if I'm worthy to serve the Lord. None of us are worthy except for the blood of Jesus Christ. Only by the blood, only because of the blood. But then look what he tells him to do in verse 15. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, the Lord is my banner. That banner is victory. That banner is love. That banner is life. That banner is that Jehovah raised, raises us up. He raises his hands over us every day so that he, we know that our victory is, the victory is ours in Christ Jesus. Give the Lord a shout of praise just for a moment. Keep him up. Keep him up. Look at it. Dave didn't know he was going to get a workout today. There's a couple things. There's a couple things in our life. When, when we understand that the battle's not ours, the battle is the Lord's, okay? The battle's not ours. We've been caught in, to an extent in the crossfire. Back in, let's go to Genesis 3 and 15, Anthony, if we can. Back in the, the beginning of time, God told Adam and Eve, hey, you can eat from every tree of the garden. Just don't eat from this one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when they did, the, the fall came to man. So what's the fall? The fall is different thinking. The fall is different actions. The fall is sin. It's missing the mark. Sin from one man, Adam, came on all civilization. We were born into sin. It's not by our choice. But because of one man's action, Christ Jesus, we all have the ability then to be forgiven of our sin. So because of forgiveness, all right, that's part of the victory, God prophesied 
ahead of time saying, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. This is talking about Christ on the cross. In other words, Jesus is under our feet. All right, we'll talk about that a little bit more. Or not Jesus, Satan is under our feet because of the work that Jesus did. But listen to this. And, I, and somebody needs to hear this today. The failure of the woman produces the seed of victory. Now, we're not blaming the woman. We're blaming the failure of humanity. So you would say, hey, I'm just a complete failure. God will use that failure for victory in your life. Hear me on that. That's important to know because some people don't think they can live the life because they're not good enough. None of us are good enough. Because they're not worthy. None of us are worthy. Because they're not perfect. None of us are perfect. We're all God forgiven through Christ and the blood covers us by the lamb, okay? And so let's look at Abraham for a second. You doing all right? A little bit lower. Okay. They're better. Perfect. Because we really need the victory today. Okay, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Noah got drunk. Some of you say that. I got drunk last night. <laughs> well, I hope not. <laughs> hope you didn't, but Noah got drunk. Abraham lied. Moses murdered. David was an adulterer. Four guys in Scripture that God thinks the world of. Moses, or Ab Noah rather, recreated all humanity by God's charge. Abraham is considered a friend of God because of his righteousness. Moses, by his own admission, was the most humble person that walked on the face of the earth. And David had the heart of God. Now, don't you think in life they were considered failures? But in God, they're considered victors. And so when we look at our life, you can't look at your life the way the world sees you. You have to look at your life the way God sees you. God sees you as more than a conqueror, joint heirs with Christ Jesus, a hero of the faith. You belong in the Faith Hall of Fame. Why? Just to make it through what you've already made it through, all of heaven is smiling and shouting over you. In fact, they're dancing over you today. The Bible says, let's go to Romans 16 chapter, I think it's the 20th verse, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ may be with you. The enemy is already under your feet. Just stomp your feet for a second on the floor. Just stomp your feet. Come on, let, make them hear you downstairs. Just stomp your feet. Just stomp your feet. Just stomp your feet. Just stomp your feet. The enemy is under your feet. He has no control over you anymore. You've been blood-bought by the Lamb of God. And so the victory is, yeah, give the Lord a shout of praise. The victory is yours in Christ Jesus. You doing all right? You're strong. We've got a good Moses up here, right? So listen, so when we under, now we understand that my failure actually will produce my victory and that the Satan is already under my feet. Now we can walk through this thing called grace. We walk through this thing called life. I heard a story recently from one of our uh, dear friends and a board member about a preacher a long time ago that used to preach uh, the man on the middle cross. He talks about the man on the middle cross and the man on the, the, man on the right side of Jesus who, uh, who asked, basically, would you not forget me? Can, can we go to, well, we don't, we don't yeah, that's good. And, and with him, they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. Now let's go back to the man in the middle. So you know Jesus was between two thieves. 
one on the right, one on the left. One on the left said, hey, if you are the Christ, why don't you get us down from here? He was always looking out for his own good. He wanted to know, hey, what's in it for me? And sometimes, unfortunately, when we first come to God, we want to know what's in it for us. How can I benefit from this? How can I get better? And although God wants you to get better through Christ, that's not the reason. We come because of what this thief on the right hand said. The thief on the right hand said this, hey, uh, you and I, we, we need to be murdered or condemned for our sins. This man has done no wrong. Will you remember me today? And Jesus said, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. Well, the old time preacher said this. Hey, he said, you know, when that guy died, he ended up in paradise. He ended up in a place he had no idea or anything about. Because when this man died, he didn't say a sinner's prayer. He didn't, uh, he didn't go to uh, confession. He, he didn't go to discipleship class. He wasn't able to attend foundation class, and he didn't get water baptized. What, what in the world happened? Well, his heart allowed him to receive Christ, and just like that, he was ready for paradise. So when they came through a couple hours later, and they broke his legs and he died, he ends up in paradise, and a couple of the saints down there came up to him and said, hey, how'd you get here? He said, I don't know. He said, well, well I mean, what did you do to, to, to get into Paris? I don't know. Did you fear God? I don't think so. I was a condemned thief. I was a robber. They, they murdered me, and then it hit him. It must have been the man in the middle cross. He must have remembered me today in paradise. It must be him. And I want to tell you that Jesus, when he stands in the middle, is now, is now, now this is Jesus. Jesus stands over you with his hands wide open saying, it doesn't matter if you're a thief or a sinner. It doesn't matter if you're on the right or the left. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. He stands in the middle and he joins all of us together. It doesn't matter where you live or where you reside. It doesn't matter where you work or what you do. It doesn't matter how much you pray or that you do pray. He's in the middle gathering all people together. Jesus' hands are outstretched. Now they don't go up. They go out. You're sweating. Thank you, Jesus, for sweating. Now it's not Moses anymore. It's not even Dave. It's a picture of Jesus saying, I am here for you, my son and my daughter. You are a child of the living God. Jesus stands in the middle. Now look at this, because the last couple people that see Jesus, their world's apart too. Simon of Cyrene. He, he's, a, he's an immigrant. He, he goes to Jerusalem to do his once-in-a-lifetime Passover. And so he's there, and while he's standing, there's this crowd coming by. What's going on? Well, it's, it's Jesus walking down the streets with a heavy cross on his back. And Simon's just there to observe the Passover, and the Roman centurion guard says, hey, come here and help him carry his cross. And so Simon of Cyrene helps carry the cross. It makes such an impact on his life. His two sons, Rufus and Alexander, they help Paul plant the church in Antioch, which is a church of over 5,000 in the first century. Now think about that, the impact that one person on a cross can have if you allow Jesus to be the man in the middle of all your conversations. If you allow Jesus to be the man in the middle of all your business dealings, if you allow Jesus to be the man in the middle of your marriage, of your home, of your finances, if you allow Jesus to be the man in the middle in all your decision making, he will work everything out. And Simon the Cyrene, he's a changed man. 
His kids are planting churches. But the other person, Joseph of Arimathea, he takes Jesus down off the cross. He's the man, a rich young ruler who comes in the nighttime. Scripture proves it out. He comes in the nighttime and he, and he asks Jesus about salvation. And Jesus says, go sell everything you have and then go and, and then follow me. And we can't sell it at the time. But he sees Jesus on the cross, so he quietly goes to Pilate. He's got pole with Pilate because he's on the Sanhedrin court. He's wealthy because that's how politics works. The more money you have, the more experience you get because you gain that publicity. And so he goes and he asks for the body of Christ. But the Bible tells us that later on in Acts that he did go and sell everything that he had and he followed Jesus. Think about this for a second. He takes the body down. And so Joseph of Arimathea, Simon of Cyrene, they start to look at the man in the middle as a connector, not a separator. See, Jesus is for all people. The man in the middle, he's between us and the Father. He's between poverty and prosperity. He's between sickness and health, he's between anxiety and peace, he's between sorrow and joy, he's between sin, between sin and forgiveness, between death and life, he's between heaven and hell. Can you give Jesus a shout today? He is the man in the middle, he is the reason that we connect. This isn't Moses, this isn't Dave, this isn't the this is Jesus now standing over you saying, I want to be your man in the middle. I want to be that person. Come on back, worship team. I want to be that person that can connect you to victory. And so we learn from Jehovah Nisi, that banner. It's not only victory, it's also love. Because you can't have true victory without love. It's impossible to understand in our life that when we judge people, we bring that judgment upon ourselves. Jesus says that in Matthew, the seventh chapter. Judge not lest ye be judged for the measure that you judge. You'll, that judgment will come back to you. What does that mean? That we understand in our life that if I walk in total love and forgiveness, the man in the middle is walking with me. The man in the middle is over me. The man in the middle cares. And Jesus is going to make intercession for us. And he brings us the victory. He brings it in such a way that he doesn't tire. Or Moses did tire. Can you give it up for Dave? Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Pilates or yoga or some whatever. I don't do it. You can tell I don't do any of it. Just think of Moses for a second. And holding up his hands and when we sing this next song know you will know that God will know that, in fact stand with me if you will know, know that God will and I, I know sometimes it's hard we, we, we carry a lot of stuff into church with us and maybe it's hard to stand during worship song or it's hard to stand during a, a, a service or maybe we've got to sit and I, I get it I understand I'm, I'm, not, I'm not downing anybody I just want to say that Jesus won't do that to us He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the lover of our soul. He died for us. And our ultimate victory goes through him. It goes through that man in the middle. I do a devotion once a day, and this was my devotion earlier this week. This is the benediction of my devotion. I just want to read it over you today, and then Janie or Marcus will close after we sing this song. But I also want you to hear the words of the song that we sing. 
If you need victory today, we have prayer partners that will pray with you or for you. We, we have people here in the service that care. We want to get you connected to the man in the middle. This is what Jesus does. Here's the benediction of my devotion the other day. May the face of the Lord shine upon you. May the glory of the Lord go before you. May he lead you from victory to victory. May the enemy who comes in at you one direction run from you seven different ways. I declare in the name of Jesus, you are the head and not the tail. You are the first and not the last. You are blessed when you come in and you are blessed when you go out. You are blessed when you sit up in the morning and when you lie down at night. The work of your hands are blessed. The steps of your feet are blessed. The thoughts of your mind are blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. Now go and be a blessing today to someone and show them the victory and the way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody we said, amen.
that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We learn here that our, our battle is not against people, it's not against anything else, but that we are in a battle, we're in a struggle. And Jesus tells us, you know what? I wanna be the banner. You know, when you go into a physical war with somebody, especially back in the day, you might have the flag that flies. This is the American flag. And if you're going up against somebody in battle and you see there's that American flag over there, you know that they're the entire force of the American army is behind that team. And if you pick a battle, pick a fight with these guys, you're picking a battle with everybody else that stands behind them. In the same way, in the spiritual realm, when you say, you know what, I'm going against the enemy going at him in the name of the Lord. In the name, the kids are learning about David and Goliath downstairs at Kids Church today. And David said, I come at you in the name of the Lord. You know, when, like in the story we learned about, we lift up our hands and we say, in the name of our Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, I take authority over everything that wants to hinder you, that's harming you. And you have to, you're not just messing with me, but you're messing with my God. If there's something going on in your life today, I just want to close in prayer and I want to believe with you today. I don't know if it's a sickness. I don't know if it's a relationship issue. I don't know what's going on in your specific battle right now, but I want to remind you, it's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the person at work tomorrow. There's an enemy. And when you say, you know what? I'm coming at this battle in the name of the Lord. I'm going to lift my hands up and that's my banner. It's kind of like that flag that says, you're not just dealing with, with me here. Satan. You're dealing with all of God's heavenly angels, armies, every spiritual force on my side. God's got my back. You might, amen. You put your hands up in the air. You, you look, look at the enemy in the face and you say, I'm just going to worship God. I'm just going to lift my hands. It's kind of like a banner. And you say, God, I'm going to worship you. The enemy starts to crumble and run in fear. Because he doesn't just see your hands. He sees that banner that says, Jehovah Nisi. He knows that the all of heaven's army is behind you. You're not just messing with this individual, this individual's time. And this, you've got heaven behind you. The sovereign of the universe. The creator of the most high. So let's go before the Lord one more time in prayer. And I'm just going to exercise the authority that has been given to me. And I am going to call out the thing that you are dealing with. And if I don't, I want you to call it out. But let's lift up our hands like a banner. And you might need somebody next to you to lift up your hands for you in, in spiritual, metaphorical journey. Just lift up that person's hands and say, I'm with you in this battle. But in the name of Jesus. We declare, Lord Most High, Jehovah Nisi, our banner. We declare that the victory is won in the name of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We declare the finished work of Calvary and the cross over every situation in this place today. We call forth every sickness to be under the blood in Jesus' name, and we declare healing to come now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus is Lord, that is every hindering spirit, we command it to be gone in the name of Jesus. Spirit
spirit of poverty must leave now in Jesus' name. I loosen the spirit of prosperity and blessings and healing. For every relationship discord, I command every bitterness to be gone. I command every offense to be gone. I command every relational discord and a spirit of divorce and death and suicide be gone in Jesus' name. I, I release in Jesus' name life and hope and blessings and peace. I declare the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to fill every mind in this place right now. And everything I didn't say, but these people are saying right now, we stand in agreement that in the name of Jesus Christ, strongholds are broken. And it's not because of our strength. It's because Jesus Christ, you are our banner. And we hold it up high right now. And we declare that all of God's promises are yes and amen. In the name of Jesus, if you agree, say amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Walk in the victory that is yours today. We hope to see you at one of the small groups today or maybe next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.